The playoffs roll on in Major League Baseball. They will do so without the Yankees now. It'll be Red Sox, Astros, and the ALCS, Dodgers, Brewers in the NLCS uh, starting up on Friday. And we have the pleasure to be joined right now by longtime big league manager, former manager of the New York Mets, uh, Bobby Valentine with us. And uh, Bobby, I, I, I'm just curious, how much can you appreciate the pressure that these managers feel as everyone's putting Aaron Boone under the uh, microscope today? Well, that's what happens, I guess, when you're at the head of the class, you know, everybody's throwing their paper planes in your direction. But, um, you know, Aaron had a very nice season this year, and, you know, what could have and should have and would have happened uh, is all for the second-guessing. How different is it, though, managing in the regular season and, and handling, you know, juggling what you have to there versus – uh, when you get to the postseason as a manager, it feels like you have to make a lot more moves and everything is under so much more of a microscope. Well, you're capable of making moves because by the time you get to the playoffs, you know your team really well. And you should know the opposition really well also. Um, you know, most of the time it's the things that you don't do that you regret when it's all over. And I think... Uh, Aaron Boom right now is um, looking at a few of those things that he didn't do, and I'm sure he's wishing he did. Uh, let me ask you this. When you first became a manager in 1985, could you imagine having managed in the postseason, say, that October? Would you have been ready for that? No, I don't think I would have been ready for that. I, I thought I knew how to manage and thought I knew everything when I was 35, and by the time I was 38, I realized how much I didn't know when I was 35. So it is a definite learning experience. What are some of the things specifically that you remember having to, to learn in those early years? And, and they said, don't take weeks to learn, but take years. Well, I think, uh, I think how much emphasis you put on winning uh, when you're young and you think that the win is the ultimate conversation where, in fact, the play and the process is the ultimate conversation, and and uh, that that becomes uh, hard to understand, and you have to experience because you can't teach that kind of experience. Uh, and I think you know dealing with some of the umpires in those days, umpires and managers had a a different type of relationship. And I think um, going in, I just thought that uh, yelling and screaming was the way to do it. And by the time um, you know, I got a little older, maybe even into my second job, I realized that um, you saved the yelling for for special days. And we're talking again with Bobby Valentine. What's the most memorable special day that you had? Oh, you know, my special <laughs> days were all the first, uh, so I wish there was the most memorable. Of course, you know, the memorable games and memorable, memorable events, of course, were, you know, World Series here, World Series in Japan, uh playing after 9-11, all-star games, managing and coaching, and all those great events are, are, you know, up there in one category because they're different. Uh, And then I think all the firsts, you know, when a guy got his first victory, when a guy got his first hit, first strikeout, first error, first loss, whatever it might be, played in his first game, uh, those were always special to be able to share uh, with so many people. Well, you had said uh, special days being the you know certain days that maybe you have that blow up and that you're going to yell a little bit. Is there 
is there one that you think you know really worked? I, I guess we're either arguing with an umpire, rallied a team, or you know flipping over the the spread uh, work to to rally a group. Oh, I always like to eat too much. Uh, flipping <laughs> the spread was that generation before mine. Uh, you know, Tommy Lasorda, Dick Williams, that type, that that age group uh, had that in their process. And you know, it's all subjective on whether or not uh, something you said resonated enough to affect the play of the game. Probably not, but um, you know, that was also part of the the game in those days to have fun and and be an orator and and see if you get a guy guys to laugh see if you get them out of that that deer in the headlights by you know making their hair stand up on the back of their neck or making them laugh or or making them uh, cry you know it it's um that that was always a fun fun part of the game that i think has uh, gone by the wayside yeah, you, you don't think that there's enough, I guess emotional wouldn't be the right word, but uh, you know, mentally trying to rile guys up in some different ways and pushing the right buttons. Well, I don't think you do it in a group form anymore, mainly because um, you know most clubhouses are made up of uh, multilingual players. And uh, you know unless you're going to have a, a couple interpreters there, getting your message across to everyone in the room. I don't think you want to just talk to uh, 70% of the room. So, um, you know, most everything that's communicated these days is done in smaller groups and and often even one-on-one. And we're talking again with uh, Bobby Valentine, former uh, Mets manager, longtime manager of Major League Baseball. Is there anything that you see used now commonly strategically within the game, whether it be being so quick to go to the bullpen for, especially in the playoffs or, or shifts, are there any of these things that you wish you had access to or, or used in uh, when you were managing? Um, not really. I mean, I don't know that anything's so different. Um, you know, I mean, we played shifts and my whole time in, in Japan, um, the one year I came back from Boston, we played shifts. Um, you know, the information's all the same information. I think I think because we're we're naming things differently that we actually think that there's different stuff going on. There's nothing different going on except there's a lot more acceptance of a strikeout uh, these days on offense, mm-hmm. and there's a lot less um, need for the starting pitcher to to pitch a long time, but. You know, 1987 is when Dr. Uh, Andrews gave my team the idea of having pitch counts, and that was for 15 pitches an inning, 135 max. But, you know, then I guess some of the guys couldn't multiply during the game, so they cut it short at 100, and um, (laughs) they didn't even understand that. uh, Today they don't understand that 100 pitches in five innings is much more detrimental than 140 mm-hmm. in nine, but uh, that's a story for another day too. Would you have? Do, do you like seeing uh, managers be so quick to take a starter out? I, and I thought the thought process with Sabathia last night would be go around the lineup once and then be taken out. And Boone was criticized for leaving him in there for what three innings last night. Well, I think when you have quality in the bullpen like you have today, there's really no reason not to go to the guy. Uh, I thought, yeah, if Aaron did anything that he'll regret it, 
It's that he didn't try to turn that lineup over. It's not necessarily just going to the bullpen uh, because you don't like what you see out of your starter, but when a team like Boston did lines up those right-handed hitters, I think as early as possible you try to have them have at-bats against the right-handed pitcher or have them turn the lineup over so you're two left-handers, Britain, and then Hap comes into play also, they have have an advantage of pitching the left-handed hitters late in the game. Maybe that Vasquez would have already been out of the game when he hit the home run Mm. against Britain if uh, the right-hander had come in to pitch to him earlier. So, you know, those are the things that, you know, maybe they're doing it earlier, but those are the things that were always done probably later in the game only because you didn't have the quality in the bullpen uh, that you have today. You know, I I wish I had a left-hander and a right-hander that I could count on when I was in Texas. You know, there are a couple years or maybe a couple months that that I did, but uh, not much more than that. Yeah, I mean, the strategy is just uh, totally flipped on its head, right? Those late 90s Yankees were always praised for getting into the bullpen and beating up on the middle relief, and now... Everybody coming out of the pen is throwing 98-plus and, and can at least be dominant for one inning. Yeah, and and that's going to have its shelf life also. Not necessarily because it doesn't play well in the game, but because eventually there's going to be a collective thought that, uh, you know, the more innings the bullpen pitches, the less innings the starters pitch, if the starters pitch less, then they make less, and if uh, they're not going to make the money, then the bullpen's going to have to make the money, and uh, I, I don't know that anybody's going to wind up paying $40 million, $50 million, and $60 million for guys to pitch one and two innings a game. You no, know, well, we saw some of that this offseason where the relievers' prices were uh, ticking up uh, quite a bit, and those were the first guys off the board, which certainly wasn't the case uh, in the past. We chat with Bobby, Va- Bobby Valentine right now. Uh, how about Alex Cora? Uh, you know, everything that he did seemed to work out. What'd you think of the move, though, to go to Chris Sale, his game five starter in the eighth inning of a, a still close game? Well, once again, he had that available to him where you're high-priced starting pitcher said, yes, I could pitch in relief. Uh, how could you not use that that bullet when uh, everyone had criticized and and the other pitches, pitches in the bullpen were much maligned coming down, coming down the stretch? So, yeah, I think it, when the guy says he can, if you don't, that's, again, one of those things you're going to regret for not doing. I don't think he'd ever would have regretted uh, bringing him in, even if he gave up a couple home runs. Yeah, and Sale was uh, terrific, 1-2-3-8th, and the Red Sox live another day. They'll get the Astros in the ALCS. Um, you know, always like to get get at least some Mets in here, and the Mets, of course, uh, hunting for a general manager right now, Bobby. Is there any direction that you would like to see the Mets go that you think would be best for the organization? Well, not really, um, other than somebody who understands talent when they see it and um, understands a group and how pieces fit into the group when they see it. You know, if they're, if they're just going to do what they've done in the past and think that they're um, going to let the numbers uh, dictate how a player fits with the team or, 
or who they should get, I think they're going to wind up in trouble again. But if they get somebody who understands uh, the group uh, mentality and understands baseball talent when they see it, I think uh, the next general manager uh, is going to have a really good time being in New York. How tough a spot can it be as a manager, in this case Mickey Calloway, when you don't know who your boss or, or GM is going to end up being? Well, I, I don't know if it's tough. I guess once a person is hired, if if you get along with them, then it's all gravy. And if you don't, then, uh, you know, it's time to look for another job. 